0: Hey, all Before we start the show, a quick note. If you like our podcast, another show we think you'll enjoy is called You're the Expert. It's a public radio show where three comedians try to guess what a leading scientist does all day. Once the comedians figure it out, they interview the scientist about why his or her work matters. The show is fun, it's funny, and you might even actually learn something. I'd recommend starting with the episode Robot Human Teamwork, where MIT roboticist Dr. Julie Shah teaches John Hodgman and Wyatt Cenac why they don't have to worry about being enslaved by machines. You can find that episode online at theexpertshow.com or on any podcasting app. A science story, huh?
1: Day. And I, I felt it. I, right. I was so awesome. happy. Oh, well. I figured it wow. out. I feel it was that
0: tall. golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Kacha Bradonich. It was recorded in December 2015 at Oberon in Cambridge, Massachusetts.
1: So, I am a theoretical physicist who studies the nature of space and time in the context of Einstein's general theory of relativity. And the reason I'm doing that is because I was once a war refugee. So the story starts at the beginning of 1992, it's winter. I'm 11 years old and living in Sarajevo, my hometown, which is located in a valley surrounded by beautiful mountains in what was once a country called Yugoslavia and is today Bosnia. I have to say, I'm yet to see a more magical sight than Sarajevo in the winter evening hours covered in snow, um, colorful lights glowing from the tables of street vendors selling Toys and decorations for New Year's. When you get home, you should Google winter night in Sarajevo. We lived in an apartment close to the top of a very steep street from which you could see the city center not too far down. The year started as a typical year in the life of a preteen. I was doing okay in school. I was getting better playing my guitar. The boy I liked liked me back. But I was utterly devastated, utterly devastated to find out that the new kids on the block were not from Boston, UK, but from Boston, USA, which seemed way too far away for me to ever meet them. Um, I was peripherally aware of the unrest in the other parts of Yugoslavia, but the flames spread to Bosnia and Sarajevo in the April of that year, and what followed was a four-year bloodshed among three ethnic groups. Um, that resulted in about 100,000 dead people and 2.5 million refugees from Bosnia. Now, I'm extremely lucky in that my story is that of displaced. War fragments time. It permanently divides one's life into three distinct eras. Before the war, during the war, and after the war. And in many ways, this process is like what we in physics call a phase transition, like melting of ice, or evaporation of water. Unlike personal experiences, like graduating from college or having a child or losing a loved one, this fragmentation of one's timeline by war is a collective experience that affects everyone you know in a very profound way. Now, where one marks the beginning and the end of the war varies from person to person, but everybody has remembers those moments and places those marks. And for me personally, the beginning mark was one evening that April um, when um, seeking shelter from the shelling as the explosion sounds were getting louder and louder and louder, we went over to our neighbor's house. And as we ran out to the street and up the street, I looked over my shoulder to the city down below and saw it in flames. And it was that moment which sort of knocked me into this sobering self-awareness which we associate with adulthood. Now, those who live through a war become time travelers of sorts. So 20 years later, some people are still living in the war, even though the fighting is long over. Then there are those of us who time travel voluntarily back and forth. Uh, Sometimes it's voluntary by binge-watching pre-war Yugoslav commercials on YouTube. Um, I and about quarter million people subscribe to a page on Facebook which every day serves as a photograph of an artifact of the pre-war Yugoslavia era. Um, block chocolate bar, um, a cartoon logo for canned fish Ava, a popular pencil case. Other times we are involuntarily thrown into that war era by an unexpected fireworks explosion um, a low-flying airplane. War also disfigures space. Some, it violently shatters splintering countries and crumbling cities. Others, it twists and warps into strange geometries. So what is one day um, a walkable distance at a leisurely pace to your favorite bakery across town can become infinitely far away by the virtue of being on the other side of the no-man's land. So it really is the politics and the force which determine the physical, the practical distances between places. It is also what displaces. So that spring, I left Sarajevo shortly before it became sort of a black hole of suffering. Um, I was told we were going to visit my grandmother, who lived in another part of town, and even though we didn't carry any luggage, the fact that we that my mother dressed us in our best clothes made me somewhat suspicious. So as we walked through the city and passed the street leading to my grandmother's apartment, I understood what was going on and in this, this childhood naivety I felt betrayed. I didn't get back, get back to Sarajevo until I was 24 but in the meantime I built a model of the city in my mind. So I knew by heart small pockets of town, like how to get from home to school, or from the cathedral to the Eternal Flame Monument. And I used to rehearse those paths in my mind over the years, sort of rehearsing for my return. But what I couldn't remember was how those fragmented pieces were, could be put together to construct the geometry of the city as a whole. And over the years, I had these recurring dreams where I would find myself in a familiar place, like in front of a bookshop called Sietlost, where I used to make my mom wait for me until I read the title of every book in a display window. But I didn't know how to get from the bookshop home, so in my dream I would wander aimlessly through these strange streets trying to find an apartment on top of the hill. It was about that time that my grandfather, who probably noticed I was spending a lot of time thinking about things, uh, he said I should be aware of space and time. Um, And that really intrigued me because his words captured something that I felt, but I couldn't really articulate. And it was that my feeling of loss and longing were produced by my displacement in space and time from the place I knew. So it was also at that time that I started associating emotional states with spatial distances and temporal duration, but also understanding my own emotions by imagining them as arranged in space and in time. When Sadev and I reunited, um, it greeted me with a smile of a childhood friend who could remember my face, but couldn't quite place me through the fog and the smoke of the events that took place while I wasn't there. But that was encouraging to me, uh, and I spent my first visit back walking through the city with my grandmother, looking for the contact points between those fragmented pieces that I kept in my mind over the years. Uh, today, Sarajevo and I are still reacquainting. Now, this fragmentation of time and, and the shattering of space for me also came with a complete disintegration of my national identity. Um, I was born and raised a Yugoslav, and just as it sounds, that came with a creation story and a set of commandments, if you'd like. So my 11-year-old self would have told you that Yugoslavia was the most beautiful country in the world, which emerged from a glorious victory over Nazis under the leadership of Marshal Tito, who was our president for almost 40 years, and whose picture hung on the wall of every classroom. When I was in the first grade, all the first graders joined something called the Union of Pioneers, which is something like state-run Eagle Scouts. And we gave our oath to diligently study and work, to love our self governing socialist federative republic of Yugoslavia, and to value all the people of the world who wanted freedom and peace. So, when the reality of war really hit me, I had no other explanation except that the Nazis were back and I was gonna fight them. And the real ethnic divisions, which were ripping the country from within, weren't even in my vocabulary. Um, But all of a sudden, I couldn't declare myself Yugoslav anymore, because Yugoslavia simply didn't exist, it was not a choice. And what I thought was my native language was dismissed as non-existent, and instead of three different languages emerged. Yugoslavia today is seven different countries. Now, whether you think of this as this transition as a liberation from a totalitarian oppressive regime or you think of it as a disease of ethnic nationalism, to my 11-year-old self, these were cosmic shits that left me completely disoriented. Being a war refugee left me with this visceral understanding that nothing is permanent. And if you're lucky to save your life and health and not lose a loved one, In a single day, you can lose your home, you can lose all your possessions, you can use your language, you can lose your country, and you can lose your identity. And for me, one way to deal with this unexpected fragmentation of time and warping of political space is to transcend it through knowledge and understanding of things that are somehow more fundamental. So I looked for answers in literature and philosophy And eventually, I turned to physics, which is where I found exactly what I've been looking for, and that's called general relativity. It is a science of space and time, compactly expressed with mathematical equations. I can handwrite them, I can manipulate them by rearranging the symbols, which represent different properties of space-time. And from that, I can gain insight into the clicking of an atomic clock or the entire evolution of the universe. So in those moments when I'm working, armed only with paper and pencil and my imagination, and with hundreds of years worth of knowledge of mathematics, physics, and philosophy compiled in papers and books laid across my table, I'm finally transcending the twisted geometry of conflict and understanding my own space and place in a universe that's governed by principles that are beyond the influence of a politician or an army or a thug with a gun. And it is those moments that it's finally peace and I'm finally home. Thank you.
0: That was Katja Bradenich. Originally from the former Yugoslavia, Katja is a theoretical physicist living and working in Massachusetts. Her research on the nature of space, time, and gravitation straddles the boundaries of science, philosophy, history of physics, and visual art. She is particularly interested in the relations between mathematical structures used in physics and the aspects of the physical reality they are supposed to represent. Kaccha is currently a visiting lecturer of physics at Wellesley College and an artist member at Gallery 263 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Weck, Darren Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Baylor, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Evelith. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Oberon for hosting the show, and to Time for mostly moving forward. Thanks for listening.